My shepherd, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they know me. The first opening line of our gospel reading today holds in so much meaning and so much power and give us the foundation of what we celebrate today on Good Shepherd Sunday. Good Shepherd Sunday is an opportunity for us to begin to first reflect on our vocation and our call, first and foremost to come follow Jesus, to become holy, but in a particular way to pray, to promote, and most importantly, to support the other vocations in life. But I think to first be able to understand what we're promoting, what we're doing, and how that falls in line with what it means to be the Good Shepherd, I think we, must ha we have to look at this first line and begin with the words, hear, to listen. We live in a world today where it's so loud and so noisy that it's difficult to hear. How are we supposed to hear something if we don't know who we're hearing and what we're listening to and listening for? Today we're called to listen, to hear the voice of God in our own lives. But this voice that we are looking for, that we're trying to attune ourselves to, is not that of the world. The world and the devil is making the noise around us so loud as if we were in a concert. The words of the world are so vicious like a tsunami and cause so much chaos and destruction in our lives as that of a war. But on the other hand, the voice of God is soft as the whisper of the wind. Its depth is as deep as the ocean, and yet it's mysterious and silent. Mysterious here, not as the awe and wonder, something different, something different, something difficult, something at a distance that we can't come to understand, to comprehend, to gasp, to receive. But mystery here is an opportunity for us to dive deeper, to understand deeper, to begin to see the awe and wonder as we enter deeper and deeper into the relationship of God. Just as if we were in the ocean, diving deeper and deeper to the different levels of the ocean to see its awe and its wonder. So then, my dear brothers and sisters, how do we then hear the voice of God? It begins first and foremost understanding where is God in our lives, who he is, and what he is doing. Because within our lives, like we said earlier, the world is bringing on such loud noises that is vicious, that is chaos, that is destruction. So how do we begin to differentiate the voices among us? We have to begin to first and foremost identify where God has been in our lives. Where has God been walking with us in our past? How has he made himself known in our past so that we are able to first and foremost identify how he is working in our lives? 
Then secondly, in first, in identifying him, we can then begin to listen. But listen here requires us to calm the ears of our hearts, to settle out the noise and to come to him, to seek him and to give him the time to talk to us in our lives so that we can hear his voice and in following him. And thirdly, to begin to follow him. What are we following and where are we following and going to? We're following the Good Shepherd. If you haven't ever had a chance to be around sheep, they're such an interesting creature and an interesting animal. Because as a shepherd, you, your goal and your job is to gain the trust of the sheep, to guide them, to walk with them, to be with them, to understand their temperaments, their personality, so that you can make sure they stay together and stick together. So as you watch over and guide them, they may begin to wander off. And sometimes sheep are very hard-headed in the fact that they will keep wandering off no matter how much you try to bring them back. No matter what you do, you try to get them to come back to the fold. But it's difficult because once they've made their mind and they've gone off, they'll go off till they injure themselves, they hurt themselves, or they stray away so far that you have to carry them back to bring them back to the fold. But when Jesus said he is the good shepherd, he's showing us that no matter how far we stray away, how far we go, he's going to go find us. He's willing to risk his life, to risk it all, to find us as his sheep. He's showing us and illustrating to us that we be, belong to one flock, the flock of his church. We're entrusted, therefore, to a family guided by his other shepherds, the apostles, which are now his bishops and his priests here on earth and at this moment. Entrusted to care for each and every one of his sheep, to entrust them to his shepherds, to lead them to paradise, to lead them to green pastures, which is therefore heaven. The image here is not just that of leading us as shepherds, as the first person to get to heaven. But the image Jesus is trying to illustrate for us today is as a shepherd, he is pushing each and every one of his sheep to heaven before the shepherd makes it. The shepherd still has to ensure that all his sheep that he's been entrusted to gets to heaven first. So the idea that he is willing to risk it all. His life is not his own, but is tied intimately and connected to us together as a family. And as sheep, he knows our thoughts. Jesus became incarnate to enter into our reality the reality of our suffering. In our lives, when we say that we suffer, we're going through difficulties and isolations. Jesus doesn't understand. But if we look carefully at Scripture, Jesus himself was isolated, was alone when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Even when his disciples are sleeping, he still felt alone, isolated by himself. 
We live in a world where we're trying to preach, proclaim the gospel. But every time we do, there's hatred, there's violence, there's jealousy, there's envy. Name it all. There's even persecution in this world. Jesus doesn't understand that reality. But if we look at Jesus' life, he too was persecuted. He too was rejected by his neighbors. He too, as he was preaching the gospel of love, was not accepted by those around him. Jesus became man to enter into our reality, to walk with us, to be with us, to journey with us, to be a part of our lives, to be a part of our struggle and reality. So then how does this all tie into vocation, my dear brothers and sisters? Today, as we celebrate Good Shepherd, we're reminded that we're called and invited by everyone to follow Christ. But each and every one of us has a particular path and a particular way in following Christ. Some in the married life, some in the religious life, while others to the priesthood. But the question becomes, how do we follow him? How do we know where we're going if we don't hear? In hearing and understanding, we also have to begin to promote and to allow God to work in our lives. The challenge, my dear brothers and sisters, is when we hear, it's uncomfortable, it's challenging, it's difficult. I remember a couple years ago when I was on pastoral year, I was talking to a young man and I asked him, have you ever thought of being a priest? And he says, yes, but I don't think it's fit for me. And so I asked him why. I, he told me he wanted to get married and have kids and be in a family. He wanted to have kids and that was it. And so I asked him and looked at him, it's like, so what you're telling me is you're telling me that I, as a priest, or as a seminary now, on my way to becoming a priest, do not want a family of my own. That I don't want kids of my own. And he looked at me kind of funny and was like, uh, no. But I told him, in listening and hearing God's voice, it's not that I didn't want any of that in my life, but I'm called to model my life after Jesus Christ, to lay down my life for him, but also to do it in a very different and particular way. And I, I looked at him and said, okay, work with me here. So when I become a priest, what is the first title that you receive as a priest? He says, Father. So then what does it mean to be a father? To be a father, therefore, he said, meant to have, us have kids. So therefore, that family that I have is who? And he kind of looked at me like, oh, no, I'm, I'm stuck in a corner. And I said, yes, you are. Because the family I have is the church. I'm laying my life down to love my children as my own. So in saying that I am a father, therefore entails that I have children. 
So your argument in saying that you want to have children also is great, but I as a father will also have children. It will not be my biological children, but it will be my children. So therefore I asked him, I was like, so who then are my children? And he looked at me and said, I, 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 don't, I honestly don't know. He said, I told him all the people that follow and hear the word of God. And I shared with him my own vocation story. In that, as I was growing up as a kid, one of my cousins asked me, how many kids do you want? And I looked at her and said, I want 50 kids. I said it with such confidence, such excitement, like I, this is exactly what I want. But as you look at it, and you look at it in the lens of science, to have 50 biological kids is something difficult and challenging and may even be impossible. But nothing is impossible for God. And so as I was talking to this young man about vocations, I said, as now a spiritual father, I don't just have 50 kids. What seemed impossible biologically, now I have millions of kids across the world. And when I walk into a room or walk into any place and everyone sees the collar that I wear around my neck, it will automatically show and instruct the people that this is my father. And so to put it in a different perspective, a couple of weeks ago we got our numbers on our database of how many families we have here in our parish. And so I asked them what, how, what was the number and it was 11,000 families registered here at St. Elizabeth and Seton. So if there's 11,000 families, and hypothetically, every family had four people. Father Flynn and I are entrusted just here at St. Elizabeth and Seton with 44,000 children to take care of. That 50 number was nothing to now the 44,000 children that Father Flynn and I are entrusted to. In promoting vocations, my dear brothers and sisters, it begins with our first understanding that there is a desire within us. But in hearing God's call and responding to it, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult. But the world and its noise tells us that the family is where it needs to be. The family is the only thing that we also want. The family is the only vocation you should look for, think of, and talk about. But how many times in our lives, how many times as parents, do we ask and prompt within our own children the question, do you want to be a priest? Do you want to follow Jesus Christ in a very intimate and particular way? Do you want to be a shepherd in laying down your life for Jesus. I can tell you in the years as being a seminarian, talking and sharing vocation stories, the question usually is the 1%. Because we're so afraid. 
as parents to even hear that invitation for our own children, to hear that prompting of the Holy Spirit in our own lives, to share that with our children. Because what we do as parents is we're so afraid of hearing that voice that we hold within ourselves and hold in the voice of the world and keep our children close and say, no, son, I want you to be home with me. I want you to get married. I want you to have kids. I want you to be successful in this world. I want you to gain power, pleasure, prestige. The priesthood is none of that. The priesthood or any religious life, there's persecution. There's going to be hatred. There's going to be difficulties. It's going to be difficult. It's unpopular. So don't do that. But do these things that the world tell you will bring you power, pleasure, and prestige. So as we continue and to celebrate our Good Shepherd Sunday, let us remember the first words of our gospel reading today. My sheep hear my voice. He's speaking to each and every one of us to come follow him. But each and every one of us has a particular way of following him in a very particular vocation, which all culminates to becoming holy. But in hearing his voice, we must be able to differentiate that from the world and to help others hear that voice, to answer and to respond to their particular way of life, their particular vocation so that they can follow him in a very particular way. But in any and all vocations, especially in particular to the priest and religious life, it's not difficult. But in following Jesus Christ, we're followed to conform ourselves to Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, to risk it all for the sheep, to lead the sheep first and foremost to heaven before we make it there to lay down our lives for those that we love, to care for them spiritually, and to be figures of love to them. That's what we're called today. We're called to fulfill and to accomplish that mission, my dear brothers and sisters. The fields are, are plentiful, the harvests are few, so let us continue our prayers today for more people, more young people to have the confidence and be brave enough to step up and to answer that call to come follow him, to follow the example of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Amen.